Many boomers on social media are saying Jeff Grimes should be fired. Well, today, we are concerning ourselves with the opinions of sheep on Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Baylor. No Drake told tonight. Unbelievably, he gave me the keys to the Ferrari. And what am I going to do? Crash it into a tree because that's what I do. I'm Cam Stewart. Alongside me today, a little reunion of sorts, often imitated, never duplicated, once the co-host of an award-winning Baylor Sports Podcast, Mr. Andrew Klein. Klein, did you miss that intro? I missed it so much. It's... uh brings back good memories for sure great memories so for <laughs> for that background because i don't know how much overlap we have with the audiences here klein klein and i used to host don't feed the bears which was the baylor student run athletics podcast um back in 2018 2019 our senior year um it was award-winning i don't think i submitted it to anything but the what was it baptist schools of the south uh, sports podcast award went to yeah, us, something which is crazy yeah. they must not have listened uh if you think i go off the rails on this show imagine what <laughs> it was like when it was my own show which we're gonna find out today but klein you are an astute football observer you also have your own podcast now which is definitely more on the line than ours was why don't you tell the folks a little bit about it before we get going yeah a uh, buddy of mine, uh, currently, uh, we reside over here in the South, the Southeast. I live over here in Mississippi. He over lives here. over here in, uh, lives over in New Orleans. So we are lovers of college football. So what we wanted to do is create a podcast. It's called Nacho College, Nacho Average College Football Show. And basically what we're doing is each, each week or each episode, we're inviting someone on who is an alumni of a certain school. And we're talking about your average game day at that at that school. You know, we, we invited a couple friends on from, from Baylor and we talked about what a game day environment at Waco looked like. Uh, we then went over to Texas tech. We've done Texas A&M. We've got some, got some good schools in the works, but j- just kind of going over and it's in, and look, we're, we're, we're large individuals. We love to talk <laughs> about food and eats. And then yeah. that's, that's the thing. Well, it's that's like a part of college football. Exactly. Exactly. We don't get, we don't really dive a whole, we'll die. We'll talk some of the football stuff, but we're not going to dive into the X's and O's what happened this week, what happened last week. Um, you know, like we'll, we'll have some fun with the football stuff, but it's mainly talking about the game day environments, where to go eat, where to go drink, where to go have fun in, in Waco, uh, Saturdays in the fall on a game day when they win, when they lose, like, like what are the, where are the fun spots to go to for sure? Getting that authenticity. Absolutely. And, and it's not, no big names, no big names. Right. You're getting the bros. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Real authenticity. It's actually, I love the show. I had to tell Klein, I didn't actually remember the name of it because I click on it every time he puts it on his story. So I'm not actually searching for it. Anyway, Nacho Average College Football Show. Check that out. But Klein, we're talking about the Baylor Bears today because we are locked on Baylor. And I mentioned it, but my stories for Inside the Bears, by the way, me and Drake both working for them, uh, do a killing on Facebook because the boomers love it. They they love it. They eat it up. I just joined like eight Baylor groups, just post them in all of them. It's how I get my stories out there. It's great. I don't know if they know how to work podcasts. A lot of the people that are commenting on them. Uh, I don't want to diminish too much of my audience, uh, but big, big calls 
over the last five <laughs> days, four days, for Jeff Grimes' job as the offensive coordinator of the Baylor Bears. Now, Klein, you watched this game Saturday. You watch most Baylor games. You're you're a big fan and also a good anal- analytical eye. I thought the Baylor offense played well. Drake said the same thing yesterday on this show, and it was like controversial yet so brave. But I agree. I think the Baylor offense actually played well. I don't think that's what sunk them in the game. Andrew Klein, what what say you? Are you ready to fire Jeff Grimes? No. I'm, are you saying a quarterback throwing for 345 yards is bad? Pretty I mean, good. Si- it's pretty good. I mean, he's losing most of the game, but he's pretty yeah. good. Now, now, granted, I mean, look, I, you see the game. They they started out slow, and they kind of had to fight their way back. And and I was, you know, I don't know if it was a matter of, look, Oklahoma State came in off the bye week. Baylor had to kind of fight and claw. Like They, they had a good win against Iowa State, but it wasn't something that, like, it, I mean, you had to fight for it in, in a way. But, I mean, I, you know, when, when Cam, he told me we were doing this, talking about the offense. I was like, okay, I want to look into the numbers about it at least. And so, I mean, 27th in the country in scoring offense. Numbers are good. Exactly, Especially forty-six in and third down per, uh, per uh, percentage. I mean, sixty-seventh passing offense, sixty-fifth red zone offense, thirty-seventh rushing offense, forty-ninth total offense, forty-second time of possession. I mean, I don't know what else you really want. I mean, I mean, w- when you look at the top schools, that's the thing that's hard about ranking uh, offenses and defenses in the country is a lot of times it, it depends on who you're playing, what's your schedule mm-hmm. looking like. You know, those schools like when you see. The University of uh, of you know Houston or Central Florida, or one of these like really really good group of five teams that just go and beat the crap out of the other not as good group of five teams. They're normally going to be at the very top of those. So when you get to yeah, the power for- five levels, as long as you're seeing consistency and you're seeing like I mean we're not you know Baylor's not in the hundred and eighteenth percentile right. or they're not hundred eighteenth right. in passing offense. So because you're going to no, see I- like those Western Kentuckys at the top. Or yeah. like uh, when we were in college, Boston College used to have one of the best defenses in the country every oh, year. Absolutely. They never made a bowl game. Yeah. So it is it is relative. I get you there. Uh, Style-wise, though, is what I think has been – like there was never a drive where I was like, what is Baylor doing here? Mm-hmm. I did think that the first couple of games. I'm like, what really is this team offensively? But you mentioned that Iowa State game. It came out passing a lot more, quick hitters. And we've talked about it on this podcast, but that is what was so successful for Blake Shapin at the end of the year last year. And you saw it again. I mean, I don't think anyone on the offense really struggled, but yeah, it came down to a couple of those short yardage plays, especially. It's just one of those where you're just like, you just got beat, man. Like, I mean, you know, there's not one thing other than the special teams that you just point to and you're like, man, this was just not nearly good enough, you know? Well, and I, I think it's and look, I know Spencer Sanders has gotten a lot of you know crap and shade thrown at him during his career, but at the end of the day, he's a veteran quarterback going on the road. There is a job done, man. I thought he, he does was like it. Gary Bohannon. He just it, it, yeah, got the job I mean, done. And that's the thing. I mean, and, and that's one thing about Blake Shapin that I look, we're all high on the guy because he's very, very talented, but you go back and you start counting and realize like he's played less than 10 games in his right. college career. I mean, I mean, right. the guy he is not still young the whole season. So right. uh it's tough to get into these ranked games, but I don't think look, Jeff Grimes' style. I mean, the Jeff Grimes is 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 an offensive line guy. Like, like he mm-hmm. was was coaching the offensive line at BYU, coaching the offensive line at LSU. I mean, like Jeff Grimes is the I, I said it like this: his offense is efficient 
and effective. It's there's nothing sexy about it. Right. I don't ever it's watch complimentary. the complimentary. Yes, good, I don't watch it. Always the games. molds to what the team is. Absolutely. The, the 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 I'll tell you who came to mind when I was thinking about who reminds me a little bit of. I'm not saying style, but just as far as when I talk about when you watch Lincoln Riley's offense or you watch like Mike Leach or some of these offensive gurus. There's something sexy about it in the sense of like it's oh, yeah. flashy, it's oh, fun. It's They're throwing sexy. it all over the place. They're fast. They're things like that. Baylor's offense isn't that Jeff Grimes is off, but I'll tell you whose offense is like that. Todd Munkin at Georgia. Georgia yeah. just won a national title. You know, I'm just saying it was, there wasn't anything. I didn't watch Georgia last year and go, man, that's a sexy offense right there. I watched that's an effective offense. Same thing with Baylor last year too. Who was the OC Jeff Grimes. It was effective. It was efficient. You talked about it. It complements the skill sets of the players last year. You had an Abram Smith, you had an Ebner, you had a Gary Bohannon. Let's run the three-headed monster, and then we'll throw, you know, throw over the top here and there. We'll get them off when they collapse in. We'll hit them with some big hitters with your speed guys on the outside, like your Tyquan Thorntons and guys like that. So, saying that though, Jeff Grimes is going to call games that are more efficient and effective. And look, Baylor's going to win games. Baylor's more likely going to win a game. 31 to 24 or 27 to 21 as opposed to winning 55 to 30 or something like that that that's just the new they're big 12 win. baby exactly the new big 12 i mean how many i mean i talk about i talk about you know you know that high flashy sexy offense like i mean when we had when that when bryles was the coach you expected 70 points a game you expected 650 60 70 heck 80 points a game you expected that but, Can we get the stat man on that? Did they ever score 80? Can we I get someone have, to look that up? I, don't I know West true. Virginia beat Baylor. What was it? 80 70 to, 70, to 63. 70 to 63. Yeah, I mean, something yeah. something stupid. So, But you, I say that to say you expected that. You're not going to get that from Jeff Crimes. But guess what's better for Baylor than it was back in those days? The defense. You have a defense now, a so bit. you don't yeah. have to rely as much on scoring 60 points a game. We're going to talk a little bit more about the offense in just a minute. But, Klein, did you do any betting this weekend? Oh, absolutely. absolutely and I know I because you're good at this. You are. You've got a good head on your shoulders. I know that you used Bet Online, which is your number one source for football betting info this whole season because you can find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts like this one, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. Klein, you're a little bit better at this than I am. I love using bet online because I still am something of a neophyte. I am still stupid when it comes to it. And as you can probably tell, especially from my takes on this podcast and from what I thought some of the big 12 teams would be, I'm still not great at it. Still not great at it. I overthink it a little too much, but bet online tries to keep that head on my shoulder. So I have been winning a little bit more using bet online. So head on to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. They've got all of these MLB playoffs coming up. Klein is going to be glued to that TV just like he is in the middle of July. Big MLB guy, MMA, boxing, golf, college football, NFL, NBA preseason, NHL. It's all coming together. It's going to be the best time of year to do that. So head to betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Klein, the offense started well, okay? And... They didn't get that. That Gavin Holmes drop, I don't want to keep harping on it, but that changes a lot in the game. But looking back on the two big games this year, this being 
Oklahoma State this past weekend, BYU in week two. How much more impressed were you this this go around and against Iowa State as well versus what the offense looked like against BYU? Because that was one of those games where I was like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what is this? Is this a passing team? Is this a running team? I'll tell you what, they're just not an effective one. And they have played great complimentary football um, the last two weeks, but specifically Iowa State. Uh, so what what was the change that you saw there? What what impressed you from the last two weeks on offense versus what you saw against BYU? I think that I think they've just gotten shape and that they're getting him into easier, earlier throws, getting him into a rhythm throwing the football. I think so much so in that BYU game that that you know they ran the ball so much. Like that's that was ba- Baylor's bread and butter was rushing the football, and, and that that at the crux of who they are. That's still who they are. But they would they would they, love to be that exactly, yeah. exactly. But the thing is with Blake Shape and some of those throws, and even the one at the end of the game, like give the guy a chance. Like hmm. if he throws at, at that, that two point bad. conversion, you throw an interception. <laughs> who cares? But throw one up, 50-50 ball, throw one up, but he throws it in the back of the end zone. So Basically through saying, the uprights, yeah. Exactly. I, I think what we're seeing now from Blake Shapin is, is a guy that's more confident, is more, uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I look at not not to, you know, I just have to go, I mean, uh, Brian Kelly at LSU got on, to, got on to his quarterback for playing too conservative, like not throwing those big balls. Blake Shapin's not doing that. Blake Shapin's willing to throw the ball into tight windows. Like he's throwing. And he's the, good and, at it too. Exactly. You we hear this thing. Play. He's like a little bit of a gunslinger, but I'm like, there really hasn't been any head scratching passes. No, this not no, really. I uh, started a couple you, of picks, but nothing where you were like, Oh man, what is this guy doing? Who does he's he playing he to win? He's not playing to lose. He's not playing. He, even though he is a is a sophomore, he's not playing like he's a guy that this is his first year starting. Like you can start, you're starting to see that 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 maturity on each and every game. And but but it starts with Jeff Grimes and that offense of let's get some quick throws here and there. Let's like everyone wants to establish the run, and that's good and that's great. You do want to establish that run, but you've got to make sure you get your quarterback into a rhythm because c- down the stretch, in later in the game when you when you're really having to air it out. Or, or at the end of the first half, the end of the second half, like you want to make sure your quarterback is in a rhythm. He's thrown enough that arm is loose to where he can start hitting those throws down the field and hitting his guys in stride so that they not only can catch the ball, but they can catch it and take it, uh, you know, get yards after the catch. So I, I think you're starting to see that with Blake Shapin. And True, the kid as, can sling it deep, man. Yeah, really and as can. we get into the Big 12 play uh, or further into it with some of these offenses that Baylor's about to match up against, it's going to be really, really important that he can sling it with um, – with the TCUs, the Kansases, these, I can't believe I'm even saying that, you know, the Texas is, I mean, it's, yeah. it's wild, but you <laughs> see the offense, these teams have, you're going to have to match them um, with a passing attack. You can't just bully them down, you know, bully them for four quarters. Chicks dig the long ball. In <laughs> yes, they I did. dig the long ball anyway. Uh, so you mentioned, and we've talked about, it always gets like shape and, Blake Shapin could be a key word in every episode of this podcast. Uh, so he is not too experienced. But another guy, very experienced at Baylor, um, no longer a Baylor Bear. And once again, the boomers on Facebook specifically, because I just don't want I don't want to just blanket throw out the Baylor fans because I, I interact with them a lot. I don't think this is true. But some of them 
also want Jeff Grimes out of there, not just for running a crack toss in their own end zone, which was stupid, which Dave Aranda basically said after the game was stupid, but one that he was rolling with at the time. But also that wide receiver turned running back, turned bench warmer, Josh Fleeks in the transfer portal for Baylor. Fifth year senior, played in 43 career games. Klein, we were actually in college when he started his Baylor career. I know what my reaction was to hearing this news yesterday. I am interested to hear your honest, 100% honest reaction to Josh Fleeks entering the transfer portal yesterday. I've got to be honest. I didn't even know he was in college anymore. Yeah, I thought I thought fair. he was gone. I mean, it was that's just fair. You know, I mean, we've been out what three years now. A healthy and, one. Yeah, yeah. This is and the so, fourth football season. Yeah, it's it's wild to yeah. think. But 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 uh, but when I went back and I, I started to look at like what happened or what really. He just was a guy that got lost in the mix. I mean, he, you look at yeah. it. I mean, I went back. I was like, okay, well, he started in 18. I, I like started to do a deep dive into who was there. Well, I mean, 18, we had Jalen Hurd. We, you had mm-hmm. Denzel Mims in 19. It was Mims's team. But I'll tell you this the guy that kind of supplanted him is actually employed by your New England Patriots, Tyquan yeah. Thornton. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was kind yeah, of yeah, because that, that year Thornton, that's Thornton's sophomore year in 19. Yeah. He goes to the outside and Fleeks is kind of in the slot, which is something they didn't really utilize. Brady's mm-hmm. team didn't really utilize. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, he just kind of fell into the pack and it happens. That's the error of the transfer. Now, the, the I guess the strange thing of, of this situation compared to a lot of other situations you see with receivers or running backs getting lost in the pack is He's a senior now, and I mean, I don't know his eligibility status. I imagine he gets an extra year for COVID, obviously. Yeah, but uh, and he'll get one. He'll get one because of this, because of the deadline. And I don't think he's appeared in four games. No, no. I mean, if you, I mean, you, you were sent telling me before we on the here, he's only got four touches. So I don't. Yeah, even, I would all in one game. Yeah, but so I, so he probably still qualifies. But what I'm saying is, it's just really weird that he waited this long. And I mean, his decision, and that's the era you live in with the transfer portal. You're seeing guys leave schools for this school because you just don't get the touches. It's not, it's not a matter of winning as necessarily at this point anymore. It's just a matter of, can I see the field? Like is Josh Fleeks going to play at Baylor? Probably not. He'd probably be better suited off going to a UTSA or, or, or some Abilene other school. Christian was the first Abilene. one I thought of. <laughs> or, you know or, who he reminds me of? And Cause we'll link mm-hmm. this to baseball. Cause we always do with you. Uh, and I'll explain why for the viewers who don't want to dig too deep in this bag, Clay Buckholz. Clay okay. Buckholz used to pitch for the Red Sox. He was a first round pick, big prospect. He got every chance in every situation. He was a backline starter. He was a frontline starter. He's in the middle of a good rotation. He went to the bullpen. He wasn't really successful in anything he did. And you remember the hype, you know, Josh Fleeks oh, yeah. is a four-star out of high school. Uh, so same kind of thing. Comes in with a lot of hype. And you look back and you're like, Clay Buckholz's best season, he started half the year. He had like 10 yeah. wins. You look back. I look back at Josh Fleeks and I was a little surprised. 2019, I'm like, his best receiving season, he didn't even get 300 yards. Yeah, it was. I was like, and people are complaining. They're like, Jeff Grimes doesn't know how to use him. You know, it's, it's, I can't believe they're not drawing up plays for this guy. I'm like, for what? <laughs> he doesn't have 700 career yards. 
He they gave him a chance at running back because they had an open competition at running back. He got three carries the whole year. Like sometimes it's not the coordinator's this, fault. Right. Just and, the guy's and maybe, got stars and maybe to his name. It, it can also be a different like it can be both in terms of like maybe he is better suited for a better offense. We gotta remember he did play in three different offenses. Yeah. One of them was Larry Fedora, which doesn't even count. We don't count that 2020. That doesn't I mean, even count. That's another thing for you, Jeff Grimes, people who think he yeah. needs to be fired. Two years ago, we had Larry Fedora running yeah. this offense. But, like, clearly he's just not – it's probably not – the coaches see him every day. You know what I mean? I hate to be that guy because it is our job to kind of speculate to some to some degree. But, like, the coaches are seeing him every day, and they say he's – not fitting in here, or we have someone who can do this better. I don't think they're not drawing up plays for him because they want to lose the game is what I'm trying to say. Like clearly for whatever reason, again, it could be a mutual thing. Maybe he is just better suited somewhere else and all the best wish him all the luck in the world. But like, what are we crying over here? First off, we've done just fine the last year, year and a half in terms of the football program. And People are up in arms saying that Grimes needs to be fired because Josh Fleeks is leaving. No. I mean, I mean you lose Give me a break. You man. lose a game to Oklahoma State, but I, I mean, has, has anybody else seen the Big 12 this year? It is going to cannibalize this, this, this each other. And I say that to say that just because you've lost your second game, just because you're 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 not ranked. I mean, Bay, every every goal Baylor has is still right in front of it. I, I'll be yep, honest. It's I don't tough. Think any, it's a tough road. Yeah, but yeah. But I don't think any of us went into it this year saying they're going to win the national title. But and I don't mean to call out certain co-host of this podcast, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I say that to say I think most of us thought. Baylor still has a very good chance to compete and possibly go for yeah. a Big Twelve title, and that's still in the running. Remember, we knew it was. We knew it was not going to be like there was no clear cut favorite in this right. conference. I don't know that any of us thought it was going to be as wide open as it appears to correct. be. Now, correct. granted, it is the that. first week in October, so three weeks from now, but I don't think we're going to have a clear cut favorite till yeah. the middle of November. Yeah. Really, but you still—I mean, you still have a lot of opportunities. These so-called, we'll call them top t- top teams in the conference. You still are going to get to play Kansas and TCU and Texas and Oklahoma. Like you're still, and I, you're still going to get to play. Yeah, Kansas State. I mean, three after, of those at home, by the way. Yeah, Texas Tech. I mean, you're still going to get to play everybody else in the conference. You're still going to have a chance to to win as many games as possible. You're still in the hunt for the mm-hmm. Big Twelve title. There, there's nothing. And if Josh Fleeks, I, I mean, I, I will raise my hand. I will do the craziest <laughs> thing you you possible. If some, if at the end of the year we look back and we say the reason Baylor did not win the Big Twelve title was because Josh Fleeks didn't touch the ball. Like, come on now. Like I'm holding you to that. Okay, that's fine. I will come on and do something (laughs) stupid and silly. But but like just say that, yeah. Like just God. It's mean it's dumb. All right. We got a couple minutes left, Klein, and we've been special new segment here on Locked On Baylor because we got a new sponsor for it. So that's the easy way to get a new segment on here is to pay for it. So I'm going to read it here. I don't, I don't typically like to do that, but it is new. So our partners at Nissan, they have worked with us to create a new segment. This is across all the Locked On College, okay? It's not just Locked On Baylor. We're not that special. It's across all of them. And so it's titled Thrilling Moments. And what we're doing is we're highlighting some of the most exciting plays 
from the this weekend's Baylor game or throughout the history of our alma mater. So, this week's thrilling moment for Baylor, I am turning it to Andrew Klein because we went to college at the same time, and so it is throughout the history of our alma mater. So, I want you, Klein, who went to a lot of games, to tell me what you think the most exciting football play was of our, if you will, Baylor career. God. And that's tough just because I feel like it's tough because there wasn't any of those championship moments. Well, yeah, but but, but (laughs) I think the kids now just say Jared McVeigh. But I think to some degree, when you look at uh, uh, our time at Baylor, it was sort of this canyon in a way. It was it was started high, went very down, went very, very bad and kind of came up. So my moments, I'm looking just at when I was a student. Obviously, I have come back for a couple games that were really good and really fun. Uh, I'll give you two. Um, but same season, real quick. Uh, but the big one I'd probably say is Denzel Mims against Oklahoma State, 2018, back of the end zone, That's like right. that. And that just felt like such a crucial. I mean, when when it ends mind, up being a humongously crucial because because you're way. six and six at the end yeah. of the regular season, like that's yeah. that's a deciding moment to go to a bowl game or not. But then. You're in the bowl game. Baylor's finally back after the one and eleven season, after all the turmoil. Matt Rule get, gets us back to that bowl game, and. I just Blake Lynch with the interception in the Texas Bowl, like like that was such a great bowl game. It's and great you just way to didn't go know. Out. That was a great. Keyshawn Vaughn was running all over the place. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, is Vanderbilt going to beat us? Like that. It was a decent. It was a good Vanderbilt team. And like, yeah. like what are we going to do? And Blake Lynch seals it with the interception at the fourth quarter, and it felt like Baylor is not necessarily back to new heights, but Baylor's back to relevancy. Baylor's For back sure. to. To, to the good graces in a way of college football fans and media. And like, so it just, it just was a good uplifting I think moment I, yeah. that led to the sugar bowl appearance the next year, which was great. So that segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. So pursue what thrills you with the new frontier, the Armada or pathfinder today available now at NissanUSA.com. Thank you to Nissan for that. But yes, I agree with the Denzel Mims one too. That was Baylor was down 10 in the fourth quarter of that game. And this is homecoming, by the way, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're also like counting, okay, which one of these are wins? Which one of them's not? And this was like a toss-up game, toss-up play. Awesome. This first Sailor Bear helmets back then, that was great. Climb, before we go out, we just got a couple more minutes here. Speaking of Denzel Mims, speaking of wide receivers in the NFL, I really thought Denzel Mims – was going to be a playmaker in the NFL. I thought we are done with kind of the Bryles guys, no route trees. We're done with those. This guy is good with the contested balls. He has a pro route tree. Like he excelled with a couple different quarterbacks. I was in not like all pro, but I was like, this guy is going to be a good NFL receiver. A Jamison Crowder type. Mm-hmm. I was wrong so far. Is we're also in year three. I think, Klein, Tyquan Thornton is going to be a good, good NFL receiver. And I'm mentioning that because he comes off the IR officially this week. He might not play this week against the Lions in those beautiful 80s throwback red uniforms the Patriots are bringing back. So I just want to get your, your thoughts, Klein, because you've been better at this than me in the past in terms of seeing what guys are going to be good in the NFL. What say you about Taekwon Thornton? I like the speed. I mean, the speed on the outside. You can't teach that. 
No, I mean, that's that's the thing. I think to some degree you hit on it. Baylor receivers in the past, it, it's so wide open. I mean, you, you do, but you don't get that press coverage that you see when you get to the NFL. But a guy like Taekwon, as they've changed the offense, as the Big 12 has evolved and changed their defensive structure, I, you look at a guy like Taekwon, uh, the speed is there. Um, I, I haven't really like tried to dive into skill set. I mean, I'm just trying to think of some guys like, like a Santana Moss or something like that, or just some guys that are some insanely fast. Past, yeah. Uh, Pierre Jackson. Uh, I'm probably getting some guy. Uh, did I say it? Pierre, Pierre Garçon? Jackson. Pierre Garçon. That's the one I was thinking. Pierre of. Jackson, the Baylor point guard. The Baylor yeah. point. But Pierre Garçon, like just, just those guys on the outside, those burners. Fast. And I think and, he's a, a better like prototype than I, I've made the comparison before yeah. to Corey Coleman. Yes. Like Corey Coleman, a lot of us were like, I just don't know that this translates over to the NFL, but he's such a freak athlete. Maybe it's worth the first round pick. Cleveland Browns thought so too. But you look back at the tape and you're like, I see it's to use the Patriots again. They had to pick between Rick Myrer and Drew Bledsoe in the 93 draft. And uh, Bill Parcells just said, you know, I've watched the tape. Drew Bledsoe has made all the throws that we want. Tyquan Thornton makes all the catches. Yeah. All the different kinds of catches. Nothing against Corey Coleman. He was an excellent, excellent college receiver. Great freak athlete. But I just think there's a little bit more to Taekwon. And I've heard he's a great blocker. I can't really tell that play to play because I'm not really watching that. But everyone says he's a great blocker. So I am big looking forward. And, and that plays. And guess what? We talk about speed. And the reason, another reason a guy like Corey Coleman is going to stay in the NFL is the speed – translates to so many different things like we talk about obviously being a burner on the outside but if you want to move him to the slot possibly be a little shifty guy out there but you also got special teams that that's a role like whether it's yeah. punt returning whether it's so kickoff st- returning that's a stay in the nfl exactly and that's, that's the Braylon thing Arnold. i mean there are guys that literally you will never hear of but they play 10 15 plus years in the uh, in the nfl because they, they they do the little things that and i mean they they just and those are the guys that they'll never make it to the Hall of Fame. They'll never uh, except like, Matthew Slater. I'll make it. Yeah, <laughs> but they'll they'll they're just guys that they're going to stick. And so I'm very high on Taekwon. I think he's got um, he's got a g- good young quarterback in Mac Jones. If he can kind of settle in, I think a guy. If I'm not saying this is the guy, but I do think they a guy like Devontae Parker. I don't think it's Devontae Parker, but they need to go get another guy to put on the other side, sort of your your big bodied goal line threat, you know, six foot four plus who can be there. Cause that's going to translate well. And you can put them on the same side, run a little short contested route for Devonte, you know, Taekwon on the go route. He's going to outrun everybody. Here's to hoping Klein. Absolutely. Andrew Klein said it first, Taekwon Thornton hall of famer. Look, I didn't push him there. He said it. We're out of time. Kleiner diner. Thank you so much for coming on today. Tell the people once again, where they can find nacho average, how they can get connected with you. Yes, Nacho Average College Football Show. That is one of the shows. I also have another one that's been in and out, but we've got some stuff coming up at Klein's Corner. Fun stuff, especially with the baseball playoffs coming up. So, uh, yeah, tune in. It's a lot of fun stuff going on, but I'm a big fan of the Locked on Baylor podcast with Drake and Cam are doing uh, big stuff as well. So uh, all all good works coming out of of, uh, the airwaves. Well, Proud tradition of, of don't feed the bears is leading to good things. Hey, yeah, that's Drake is a don't feed the bears as exactly. well. Exactly. Took it, took the reins from me, from us. Uh, yes. Anyway, Drake's going to be back tomorrow. Don't y'all worry. Don't y'all unsubscribe. 
hit that subscribe, follow button, follow us on Twitter. Follow Drake and I both at Inside the Bears. That's ins- at Inside the Bears underscore InsideTheBears.com. Fine, thank you so much once again. This has been Locked on Baylor.